good morning and welcome to Water and Stone. My name is Dieter Randolph and you are joining us for part four of our exploration through the whole Bible. If you've been watching along, and I encourage you to go back and watch the other videos when you get a chance, I hope that you'll find that, that what we've been working on is helpful, not just as a way of reading the Bible, which is great, of course, wonderful, but more than that, a way of reading anything and finding a lesson that's going to change your life. And obviously, we call the Bible our primary textbook. There's so much in there that's so impactful, so special, so meaningful, so wonderful. There's so much in you that's impactful and special and important and meaningful and wonderful too. And man, when you can bring those two things together, things really change. And if that sounds good to you, well, you've come to the right place. So let's get into it by beginning with our opening prayer. God is and I am. I stand on holy ground. Right here and right now, there is truth. Right here and right now, there is freedom. Right here and right now, there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. From now on, I speak the truth. From now on, I choose freedom. From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. And so it is. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, we are going to talk about Moses. Perhaps you've heard of him. There's a lot to talk about in the Moses story, but we don't have time to talk about everything. Uh, I actually really kind of like the Charlton Heston movie, The Ten Commandments. There's a lot in there, and a lot of it is pretty good. And it's a fun movie anyway. We watch it in my family every year around Easter time. But for right now, we're going to talk about two big stories, two big moments in the Moses narrative. We're going to talk about Moses and the burning bush, and we're going to talk about that moment when the Red Sea is parted. And those two things really bookend wonderfully the message that, that we have to look at together. Overall, throughout the, the experience of Moses, there are two big important pieces of this puzzle. And we see them over and over again. It's really part of the message here. Part one, God wants his children to be free. I mean, think about everything that you can remember from the Heston movie or from what you knew in Sunday school or whatever, over and over again, that message. God wants his children to be free. God wants you to be free. Remember at the beginning of Genesis when God said that the essence of you is good and very good? There it is. Part one, God wants you to be free. But also part two is we don't do it. God prepares the way right? God has that promised land promised, and God gives you the way to get there. And it's probably not a way that you would have ever imagined. That's one of the lessons of the Red Sea part of this story. Your job is to be open to the fact that I'm not doing this. God's doing this. This is not according to my schedule or my plan. It's God's plan. And the thing that's going to happen at the end well, first of all, there's no end, but the, that moment isn't going to be according to my vision. It's going to be so much bigger if I let it be bigger than my dreams and my imagination. This isn't about having goals. This is about cultivating openness. And that is an important distinction. It's something that Moses has to learn along the way. 
So let's cut to, because there's a lot of stuff before this moment as well. Let's cut to, here's Moses after he's left Egypt and all of that. And he's out there in the fields with his sheep. And he, this is Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15 is this burning bush story. And Moses sees that there's some shrubbery on fire. But he also sees that it is not being consumed by the flame. And Moses is smart enough, spiritually speaking, open enough to recognize that this means something important. The fact that the bush is on fire, but that the bush is not consumed by the fire is really, really important. It's important to him. He knows that that means that it's something spiritual, something divine. The fact that the bush is not consumed means that it's a God something. And that's a big deal. I wrote a book called Meaning Fulfilled, and one of the things I talk about in the book is think about the way you make friends when you're a little kid. Everybody's your best friend, and you have that, that ability to just love in that open way. You don't judge who's allowed in your social circle the way you might when you're an adult, for example, and stuff like that. But what you learn if you think about that childish model is that the more friendship you give, the more you receive. It's got this breeder-reactor quality. And what I say in the book, and what I'm going to say to you again right now, is that's a great test to anything that's important. Does it decrease when you give it, or does it increase when you give it? Because everything important, like love, increases when you give it. Like truth, like beauty, like inspiration, like happiness, like laughter. Everything that is important is not consumed, but rather expands when you utilize it. As we look for the burning bush in our life, as we try to figure out where's God in this picture, like it's where's Waldo, when we try to figure that out, look to the things that are like that burning bush that is not consumed. There are parts of your life, parts of your experience, and it might not seem like they're big, important parts right now, but I assure you they are. The things in your life that grow when you use them are the things that God put there for you to listen to. The burning bush in your life is the things that are not consumed, but rather expand. And this is what starts the dialogue. So Moses says, okay, there's a burning bush that is not consumed, and I know that means it's God. That starts the conversation. And the bush speaks to Moses. And you know this part, if you've been around me, because it's something I do talk about a lot the voice says, it's God speaking, of course. God says, take off your sandals from your feet, for the place you stand is holy ground. The place you stand is holy ground. And that might sound familiar because it's part of the prayer that we pray every Sunday. and something I say every day. Because there's something really important to remember. Think about, back in the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, how initially, when they're in that perfect place of consciousness, when they have no barriers, there's no need for clothing or anything else, symbolic of the fact that there's no barriers, right? Well, it's like that. Take your sandals off of your feet. In other words, let there be no barrier between you, your understanding, the thing that stands under you, whatever. Let there be no barrier between you and the experience of this place. Be grounded in it because where you are is holy ground. And think about that. Moses isn't in a temple. 
He's not in a specially designated place. He's in the woods. He's on a mountain. You know, it's just he's just out there. Your experience of holy ground can only happen through openness, through, through finding the thing that is not consumed, and through your willingness to take your shoes off. Wiggle your toes around, you know, experience the idea that I'm not going to let there be any barriers between me and this moment. Are there places like that for you? Find what is not consumed and let there be no barriers between you and it. When you laugh, really laugh. When you love, really love. Don't hold back. That's part of the Moses message. Give yourself to it. But it's okay if that seems hard because even Moses in the story, he hears that take your shoes off set a spell, and all of that. And we read that Moses tries to hide his face like he doesn't really want to see. And again, it's that same feeling of, I don't know if I can take this, this bigness. It's, it's too big. And I want you to know that it's okay if that's the human response. But in so many words, God says, come on, get over it. I'm calling you for a reason. So let's talk. And I love it that in our own lives, that moment happens one way or the other. You can fear greatness, this is my point. You can hide from greatness, but sooner or later you're going to have to deal with the fact that you're great. You just are. You can hide from it all your life if you want, but you will come to grips with it sooner or later. Why not make it sooner? That's part of the message too. And God says to Moses, I want my children to be free. I need you to go and speak for me. I need you to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh that I'm taking the kids. <laughs> and I'm going to give you what you need in order to do that. Because Moses says, I don't, how am I going to do this? Who's going to speak for me? What do I do? What do I say? I'm not good at this. And God says, all you got to do is trust me. All you got to do is put one foot in front of the other. I will give you everything you need for all the other steps. And the lesson there, too, is you don't need to know how this is going to end because nothing ends. You just need to know how to begin it. And Moses says, okay, I'm in, but how am I going to get people to listen to me? And God gives Moses two things to say. He says, God says, I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. In other words, tell the people that I'm the God they've had all the time. But he also says, tell them I am has sent me. And those two things together are what it's all about. In other words, God is saying, look to the past. Look at all of the proof. Look at what happened for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And look at what happened in your own life. And think about it with me. You can look back at your life and point out all kinds of misery moments if you want. But when you think about it, there are some amazing miracles that have conspired to put you where you are now, big and small. You're looking for proof of God's presence in your life. Think about the fact that you're here. And when you really think about it, that's enough. But yeah, I know, sometimes proof of the past doesn't lead to faith in the future because... Faith and proof are two different things. But so it's not just about that, look, I've been God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But also, here's the next part. God's name for God is I am. Tell them I am has sent me. Because God just is. 
You can't put words around it. You can't put, put a parentheses around it. You can't describe it. God just is. And think about the things in your life that just are. Those are the divine things. Love just is. You can't explain love. You can't prove it with an equation. Inspiration just is. The things you know like you know you're alive. Oh, it's so easy to, to try to pick up the wonderful with the tweezers, to try to look at it in a microscope, to try to isolate it and isolate ourselves from it in the process. But there are some things that are just too big for questions and proof and argument. There are some things that just are. And God is saying to Moses, look at all of the proof in the past, but look at what's going on in your heart right now. Tell them that I am has sent me. That's how you know. You know, because in that moment, God is moving past material proof and into unconsumed experience. That's how you know. You know because it's not consumed by the fires of life. You know because it's that thing that has been with you through all of those moments when everything else got taken away. Something remained because here you are. And you know because in that moment of I am that I am, there is something that moves you, that thrills you, big or small. It's there. That's God calling to you. And frankly, you know how else you know? You know it's God talking because inevitably God gives you a job to do. Isn't that funny? But always God says, okay, it's me. You're great. It's wonderful. But here, I got to put you to work now. Last week we talked about Joseph and one of the qualities of Joseph is that he works. Jesus says, my father worketh and I work. You know it's the divine. You know it's God. You know it's spirit calling because it is a work call. God never says sit still. So God gives Moses a job to do. And so Moses goes to do that job. And we can skip ahead a little bit in the story because once again, maybe you've seen the movie, the conversation with Pharaoh and all of the plagues and all of the stuff that happens. Passover. It's not that it's not important. It's that we only have so much time. And, and through what we do talk about, I bet you can go back and, and get some meaning out of the other stories that we can't cover that maybe you never saw before. But so cut to... Moses and the Israelites are there at the shore of the Red Sea. They, they got away. They're led by a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of smoke or cloud by day. And this is to remind us that God prepares the way. This is God's plan. This is God's provenance. You want to be the kind of person that can see the pillar, be the kind of person who is looking for all of the things that we talked about in that burning bush recognition moment. But something happens. It's not a clean getaway. You know, initially, once again, you see this in the movie too. At first, they're allowed to go. The Israelites are allowed by Pharaoh to just, just go. I'm sick of these plagues and I'm sick of you and all of that stuff. Just go. But the Bible says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Actually says it several times in and through the story of the plagues. It was like he was almost going to be convinced, Pharaoh, but then the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he wasn't convinced. You know, we see that over and over again. Pharaoh was going to let the Israelites go, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and Pharaoh decided to send his, his armies after the Israelites and bring them back or kill them or make them feel guilty or something. I don't know. 
something bad. And it might sound funny, right? I mean, God wants his children to be free. Why would the Lord harden Pharaoh's heart? Why wouldn't he soften it? I mean, what? But when you think about it, it's no different than Moses averting his eyes at first when the burning bush comes. It's no different from Adam and Eve trying to hide from God in the Garden of Eden. It's that moment where if I'm not ready for it, for greatness, let's say, for love, for promise, for spirit, for God, if I'm not ready for it, then I'm not going to act ready for it. And in fact, greatness can make you more of a jerky person if that's how you're inclined. Because the message is, we respond to life according to what we think we are. It's something that I've said to you in the past. We respond to life according to what we think we are. If you're no good and you experience good, you're going to assume it's a trick. If you're a jealous person and you experience greatness, you're going to be more jealous. Right? It's like that. The Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart. In other words, all of the beauty and all of the love and all of the, the wonder of this, the miracles that happen, the magic of it all, the power of freedom and the children of Israel rejoicing that they just get to live their lives. That beauty, the miracle of that first Passover, everything. If you're the kind of person who, who can't see it, then yeah, of course it's going to harden your heart. It doesn't mean that God's pulling a fast one. It means that Pharaoh needs to grow up. Think about your life. Because if you're like me at all, there are times in your life when you are Moses. And there are times in your life when you are Pharaoh. I've been both. You know which one I'm here to recommend, right? I've had my heart hardened by wonderful things. Maybe you have too. It's all a choice, right? But so anyway, if you're centered in ego and fear, spirit, potential, greatness can harden your heart. And that's what happens to Pharaoh when he sends the armies out to go get those Israelites. And there they are, backed up against the Red Sea. What would you do? Just think about it for a minute. What would you do in that moment? There's the army coming, going to beat us up, going to clobber us, going to do whatever, kill us. We got to get across that water. What's our answer? It's a crazy answer, isn't it? Oh, just wait till we get to talking about uh, the story of Jericho later on. But for right now, this is a crazy moment. Because if Moses had been in charge of the answer, if the Israelites had been in charge of the answer, I'm pretty sure boats would have been involved. Maybe a bridge, right? But part of the message of this story is that this is not a human answer. This is God's answer. Maybe you know that quote. Henry Ford you know, basically invented the car. You know the quote. He said, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have asked for a faster horse. In other words, I'm from another planet with these answers. I'm coming up with this whole new thing. It's a motor car, no horse involved. Think about how many times a success story in business or industry or whatever, medicine, art, has come from an outside-of-the-box place. 
this is what we're looking for in our lives. Do you want more of the same? Do you want your answers or do you want God's answers? Because that's the moment. That's the Moses moment. That's the freedom moment. I'm trying to tell you, you can't get out of Egypt with your answers. You can't. So if you want to get good at this, stop retreating into things that are comfortable to your ego. Stop trying to figure it out. Because what we learn from Moses is that sometimes you got to feel it out. And Moses' heart is true. <laughs> and he calls to God. He says, God, what are we going to do here? <laughs> and I love this, this line. It's in Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. I love that. God's going, what does it take with you people? How many miracles do you need to see? What do you, what do you need? Why are you calling me? I'm on another line. Why are, you, why are you calling out to me? Don't you know by now? Stretch out your hand. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. So Moses, to his credit, does that. You want to be a hero? You want to set somebody free? You want to get out of whatever that situation is and into something that's been promised? Be the kind of person who can go, okay, I know what God wants me to do. I know I'm supposed to love out loud, even if it's frowned upon. I know I'm supposed to move forward, even if it doesn't seem like that's the quote-unquote acceptable way to do it. You want to be a Moses person? It's not your rules, your law. It ain't boats. It's the sea parting. And Moses stretches out his hand, and the sea parts. Remember that water always represents potential. Moses parts potential and finds actual. And he tells the children of Israel to go forward. Now remember, Moses has not parted the sea. God does. All Moses does is stand there and say, okay, that's your job. That's your job. You are not to move mountains. Prayer moves mountains through the power of God, right? The sea is parted for Moses. And you know what happens. You've seen the movie. It's a great scene. Edward G. Robinson and everything else. The Israelites get to the other side. And Pharaoh and his army, their hearts still hardened, go after the Israelites. And the good guys get out and whammo. <laughs> the Egyptians are, let's say, returned to potentiality. That's what happens. That's what happens. This is a story about God's plan. It's about looking. The same God who was there for you before, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God who was there for you before, wants you to be free now. That same God who is the I am of you has already prepared a place for you already has a way for you to, 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 to get there. Your part of the equation is simply to stretch out your hand, to march, to speak the word, and to be as God made you to be. Free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you.
I want to thank you for being a part of this. This is so much fun for me. I'm really loving the, this working through our, our primary textbook like we're in a classroom. I love it that you're liking and subscribing to these movies. I want to ask you one more time, hit that share button. You can't do it too many times. Hit that share button down in the corner there somewhere to share this. I want to thank you for helping to support this ministry with your gifts of love and substance. And you can do that by going to donate.waterandstonechurch.com. Please keep supporting this ministry as we figure out what's going to happen next for us in this amazing new year. Let's bless those gifts and hold them in our hearts and minds as we say our offertory blessing together. God is my source, my unending supply. With this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. I give and I live with radical joy. And so it is and so it does in the name and nature of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I want to remind you that wherever you are, you are not alone. Because around here, we pray as one family. Together, God, I'm ready for change. My heart is open. I'm not afraid anymore. My life is in peace and on purpose. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. I'll see you next week. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.